This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And there may be someone out there that may be considering starting a podcast of their own, or they probably already started a podcast and they're just trying to see some of the steps they can take to make their podcast even better. Well, I encourage you to check out the SOTS seminar that will be coming up. Uh, this seminar will be designed to help individuals that are starting a podcast or have already started a podcast, giving them the information and tools that they need in order to help their podcast grow. So take part in the SOTS podcast seminar. For more information, email the State of the Saints podcast at stateofthesaints at gmail.com. That's stateofthesaints at gmail.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Uh, want to ask that everybody hit that like button as you file in. Uh, thank you so much for all your love and your support. I really do appreciate that. On this edition, we're going to be talking about head coach Dennis Allen. And uh, Dennis Allen trying to shake things up i mean maybe <laughs> we're going to be talking about that uh but i want to give a special shout out to everybody in the chat right now that you know that's here uh lewis dale tayno trav chosen uh doughboy uh mario um brandon man uh we got jerry in here and so and so many others thank you all for being here i really do appreciate that um but yeah let's go ahead and talk about uh head coach uh Dennis Allen you know Dennis Allen uh has been the Saints uh head coach going into the regular season they played four games and as of right now the Saints are one and three and you have a lot of members of the who that nation including myself uh that is looking at Dennis Allen a little bit differently after four games uh, especially uh since some of the things that I've alluded to on last show is the fact that you're actually seeing a guy who actually inherited a team that was pretty doggone good and you can make an argument to say that the pieces that they added made the team even better and then it even hurts even more that you're watching teams that have struggled last season find new head coaches and they're having a better run at it than Dennis Allen who inherited the team after Sean Payton stepped down not fired but stepped down he chose to leave the team so you would expect the New Orleans Saints to be in a better position but as of right now they're dead last in the NFC South and some of the plays and practices that we see on the field uh you know, you can tell why they're a one and three team. Uh, as of today, as of the making of this podcast, the Saints are a terrible football team. Not to say that they can't turn the corner, not to say that they can't right the ship, but you know, it, it just comes a time as a Saints fan, you just get tired of watching the same thing over and over again, and you get kind of tired of hearing the same thing at press conferences. Dub, uh, the reason why I decided to come up with the name when it comes to Dennis Allen. I call him Captain Cleanup because every time he goes to the, to the podium and the Saints uh, getting offside penalties, they turn over the football, 
He's talking about cleaning it up. Clean up this, clean up that. Clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere. Clean up, clean up, everybody do I mean, basically, that's what I think about every time I hear him talking about this. Basically, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> clean up this, clean up that. It's always time to clean up. I, I just don't understand. I, I just don't get it. I mean, after four games, you would think that you wouldn't be dealing with the same situations, but head coach Dennis Allen decided to kind of shake some things up, right? Uh, he goes out and he signs a very well-respected safety uh, in Chris Harris Jr. You know, Chris Harris Jr., a guy that's been an all-pro. He was all-pro back in 2016. He has over 20 interceptions in his career. Uh, he was one of the best uh, players on that Denver Broncos team to end up winning the Super Bowl. He played alongside Bradley Roby there. So, you know, adding him. And then also uh, you decide to bring back Kevin White uh, to special teams, which I know a lot of people have their reservations about Kevin White, uh, you know, as a receiver. You know, he can't catch a cold and 40 below zero, but he was a really good special teams guy. He was a really good uh, gunner. And a lot of people were putting his uh, abilities and, and effort uh, up there with a uh, safe, well, um, special teams uh, captain, uh, JT Gray. So, you know, adding these guys back, I guess that was a way to kind of shake things up. They they released uh, Demarcus Fields, uh, the guy that was responsible for giving up that fake punt. Uh, so the Saints seem like they're trying to shake some things up. But a- as an onlooker and a fan of this team, I have to admit I'm not really excited. I mean, that's that's not really the the, the changes that I'm actually looking for. I'm looking for more accountability uh, when it comes to some of these bigger stars. I mean, Demarcus Fields. I mean, in some cases, I even I forgot he was even on the team. And I don't expect DeMarcus Fields to be a, a deciding factor if the Saints are going to win or not. The biggest issue I have is some of your star players out there that are putting the ball on the ground. The guys that we respect and the guys that we expect for them to be able to do some things, they're not doing anything at all. So you you have to look at the leadership of a Dennis Allen, uh, a.k.a. Captain Cleaner. I mean, you got to look at Dennis Allen at this particular point. But I'm not I'm not going to have a, a, a long opening statement. I'm going to go ahead and get to the questions and, um, and, and your comments. We'll just take it from there. Uh, TJ says he ain't the answer. Well, he's not looking like it as of right now. I mean, er, it's early in the season. You can't write the corner. Uh, but as of right now, he's not looking like the answer. Uh, Jerry, something I've been wanting to ask. How in the hell you became a moderator for the official uh, Saints YouTube channel? Uh, <laughs> that's that's when you uh, watch every episode, you comment, and and people see you know you doing that. So man, shouts out to to Jerry, man. Uh, need a new head coach? Too early for that, but I can understand why people you know kind of getting off that wagon. Another day of being cheeks. <laughs> we not terrible. I'm look. Your record is what you say. I mean, your record is what it is, right? You're a one in three team. So we can talk about, oh, this team is not bad. I, I agree with that. They're not as bad as, as their record indicates, but it is what it is. You are what your record says you are. And, you know, we got we to gotta be honest about this. They're not playing good football. And you're looking based on what, you know, what they're doing right now versus some of the top teams in the league, they're not even close to where they should be. Uh, TJ got jokes, <laughs> swiping, no swiping. <laughs> Jerry laughing. He is not strong enough to be a head coach. 
I mean, look, you got to be able to not only relate to players on a on a personal level and on a professional level, but you got to be able to, you know, be able to strike a fire underneath these players. And I'm not seeing it. I guess one good thing is, TJ, is that at least they know our losses are self-inflicted. Now it's time to do something about it. Callaway even said everyone knows we start slow on offense, so it's out there. Look, all, all I'm saying is, you know, chosen. I'm, I'm just tired of these same old excuses, man. And, and it's hard for me to accept that when I'm watching brand-new coaches go to teams and these guys don't know these players from a can of paint. And then all of a sudden, like, they can find some levels of success. They can look good, but we have to wait and see for the New Orleans Saints on a team and coaches that have been here, that know these guys, that have swiped the same key card they've been swiping for I don't know how long. So I, I just don't understand, like, how is it that all those other coaches that can come into these organizations that suck, that are not very good, and then you can turn around and they they make some moves you know, a few moves here, a few moves there, and then all of a sudden, you know, they got a better win-loss record. So it's just kind of hard for me to just to accept that. And I understand it's around the locker room. You're looking around the locker room and guys like, oh, the morale ain't low. We beating ourselves. Like, all that kind of stuff is fine, right? But at the end of the day, all this stuff right here, is, to me, it's just white noise. I mean, you're saying that you're beating yourself. You've been saying that since week two, and yet – you still doing the same things that get you beat. So it's kind of hard for me to accept that, especially when I'm looking around the landscape of the NFL, right? I think that is very important for us not to just be so focused on New Orleans Saints that we don't really check out the landscape or, you know, of, of the NFL, like looking at other teams and some of the practices that they have. Now, I'm not expecting for the New Orleans Saints to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid is a genius when it comes to offensive innovation. But – I do want them to be pretty consistent because when it comes down to it, the Saints historically have been a, a a really good football team. And these guys have been on the staff helping this team be considered one of the best. So I just don't understand how can those other coaches uh, find success and, and be able to relate to these players. And they only knew these players for like maybe a cup of coffee. But yet Dennis Allen, who has been around this organization, you know, back and forth, you know, since 2006, you can't light a fire under these guys. These guys are familiar, which I just, it's just hard for me to accept that. Uh, Go Saints for life says true. Duke says TJ Dalton will get the start and get back in the groove. The more game time reps he gets, especially once Kamara plays and the O-line holds their blocks again. Well, look, um, this could be bad news for Jameis Winston. I'm going to say that again. This is going to be bad news for Jameis Winston. Now, Andy Dalton did a relatively good job at, at being able to run the offense against the Minnesota Vikings. If he doubles down versus the Seattle Seahawks and he has a better outing, it's going to be very, very hard for the head coaches and the coaching staff to consider Jameis Winston coming right back, especially if they're starting to see improvements at the quarterback position for Andy Dalton. And even though I, I think Jameis would never want to admit this out loud, I think a part of that is one of the main reasons why he decided to go out there and play uh, in spite of his circumstances. So I want to see a better outing by the offense, but this can be pretty detrimental, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty detrimental uh, for Jameis Winston, because how can you go back to him if Andy Dalton is running the offense the way that you want it to look? So, that, I mean, if Andy Dalton goes out there and he plays well, 
and he plays better than he did last week. And, he, you know, you still have to see improvements there. It's going to be hard for Jameis Winston to get his job back, and it's going to be a little bit of a quarterback controversy, to be honest. Uh, that show is cringy. Uh, what are we talking about? What show? Um, what show are we talking about? Uh, TJ, Dalton will get the <laughs> get the start and get back in the groove. The more game time reps he gets, especially already read this, I think. Um, let me see. Uh, Ingram had been kind of washed this season. I mean, how has uh, Ingram been, just been kind of washed? I, I don't understand that. Let me pull up his stats. All right. Let me let me see if Mark Ingram uh, been washed. And then on top of that, you got to take into account Mark Ingram is not the starting running back. Okay. I mean, he he's not the starting running back. Uh, Alvin Kamara is. He just been out. So, Let's see. Uh, he has 29 attempts for the 128 yards, one touchdowns, and has a 4.4. So we'll just round it off to about four and a half yards of ca- uh, carry. I don't know about being washed. Um, all, all I'm saying is, I mean, I'm looking at like some of his stats in these games. I mean, he's ran the ball relatively well uh, for the most part. I just think that it just gets overshadowed at the fact that, you know, he had those two fumbles. And not to mention uh, the Saints been playing behind the eight ball for the last three weeks so they have to find themselves playing catch up so they're throwing the ball way more than they're actually running it because they're making all these mistakes early to a point where they're kind of like getting themselves out of the game and they have to throw themselves back into the game so you're not seeing uh mark ingram a bigger sample size because they're not giving themselves enough time to run the football i feel like based on his offense it's hard for me to really decipher and determine if he's, you know, having a bad season because he's not getting enough attempts because they, you know, the the offense round the third or fourth quarter is throwing the ball all over the place because they're down by two and three touchdowns. So I, I can't, like, just completely fault Mark Ingram for that. Like, maybe if, um, I don't know, maybe if they actually had a balanced attack and we were seeing, like, some of the things that they were doing, uh, you know, maybe we can have, like, a, a, a enough sample size to make that determination. But as of right now, how can you blame any of the Saints running backs right now. I mean, they they basically are, are, are fighting for their lives to stay in the game third and fourth quarter, so they're throwing the ball. Uh, the last two games, I think Jameis Winston played, he threw the ball 40 times because he was throwing the ball. He was trying to get these guys back into the game. So how can you really have, like, any type of how, – how can you have enough sample size to decide, like, who's good and who's bad on this, on, on, on this team at running back? I mean, the game before when he played Tappy had 10 carries for 60 yards. And so, and then this last game, he actually got hurt in the middle of the game. That's the reason why, if you looked at Murray, you know, he was able to get a little bit more carries. And, you know, he had like a little bit of an injury. So that probably was prohibiting him to be able to like really do some of the things he's doing. But I I wouldn't, I'm not going to just say that Mark Ingram just have been having a bad season. They ain't been running the ball enough. Who's starting the Red Rifle uh, or J-Bo? Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is starting again. Uh, let's shake uh, Hardy all punt returns. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. You know, I mean, <laughs> I seen uh, Deontay Hardy uh, tweet the other day. He was talking about, you know, keep that same energy uh, when I decide to turn it around. But, look, I hope that he does turn it around. But what I'm seeing right now is a guy that quit. I'm seeing a quitter. I'm seeing a a guy that's not really giving it his all. I'm seeing a guy who's really just kind of pushing himself to try to do something. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he's not 
making the, the right decisions. I don't know what his motive is. Maybe he's trying to you know, motivate himself because maybe the Saints don't want to pay him. And maybe he just feels like, oh, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna save myself. But it, he's not the same guy. Even he would have to admit that. I don't know if he's pressing or not. I don't know if he's just disinterested. But if I am Dennis Allen, I'm talking about shaking things up. That's one place I look because the special teams has been trash. Okay, I don't feel like there's any spot on special team for the exception of JT Gray that should be solidified. I think that you need to look around your team and see who you, who you actually have and what you're asking them to do. And I, I wouldn't put it past uh, Dennis Allen possibly considering one of these guys like Shahid or Kirk Merritt to be returning uh, kicks. Because I guarantee you, if you pick any one of those gentlemen, they'll probably want to play a little bit more harder. And I think you'll see a little bit more effort. Like you can't get mad at people because they're calling you out. You know, like people are calling you out because they want to see you do better. And they're calling you out because they know that you can do better. But the way that he's playing, I mean, he's playing like a mere shell of himself. I'm I, Like out of all the things that have been going on with the Saints, I think he's been the biggest disappointment in my opinion because he's such a special player. And, and you know, he's not playing like it. Uh, we got to make uh, better plays and decisions. Look, I just think that it's all about execution. Uh, I think that you have to be a more disciplined team. A lot of times, like what we're not paying attention to, and I want the Who That Nation to do so, is the fact that they're actually making plays. The problem is when they make the plays, it's a false start. Uh, it's a illegal hands to the face. It's something that's, that's prohibiting them from being able to convert. Like I think about that, that game against Carolina. I think about how that game could have went. Like if you go back and you look at that first drive, they was clicking. They was clicking. But, you know, Michael Thomas got a first down, but it ended up being a flag. Mark Ingram got a first down, but it ended up being a flag. So they found themselves in the red zone, but because of the penalties, they ended up pushing themselves out of the red zone and even out of field goal range. So with that, they're making plays. It's just those self-inflicting wounds that are prohibiting them from being able to reach the ultimate goal, and which is converting on third down and getting into the end zone. So they're, they're doing some things right. It's just they keep on, you know, I keep I hate keep on saying this, but they're shooting themselves in the foot every single time they get a little bit level of success. So they take like one step forward, they're taking three and four steps back. You're not going to win like that. You're not going to win. Uh, I agree it's frustrating to watch, especially uh, when you know what the problem is, but not addressing it. Uh, I mentioned this about Dennis Allen a while back. Now it's time uh, for him to be a coach. Uh, a real coach well look you can't fake it to make it chosen you know you are who you are you know like it's hard for people to try to you know wrap their around um, wrap, wrap their minds around a, a new change right because you know if they see you a certain way it's kind of hard for them to see you another way like i, I look at I, I i'll use this for example for all my people out there probably grew up in, in, in certain neighborhoods, right? You know what I'm saying? You probably grew up in a certain neighborhood. Everybody know you. They probably know you for a certain way. You probably get older, you know what I'm saying? You get a little education. You get a nice little job. And, you know, you, you, your family is doing fine. And then you go back to that same neighborhood. Now, you might be a captain of industry. You might got your own business. You might, heck, you know what I'm saying, be working at a business that, that pays you very handsomely, or, you know what I'm saying, a really good career. And then you go back to that neighborhood and everybody just kind of see you. It's kind of hard for them to see you differently because, you know, they grew up with you. They know you. They know your tendencies. They 
They see how you react. So it's kind of hard for them to see you in a certain way. So I think that Dennis Allen has to be very, very careful at how he presents himself because it can come off as disingenuous chosen. You know, like if, if that's not who you are, that's just not who you are. Like I'm, I'm look, I'm not expecting you like, you know, if you came in not getting into guys' faces and then all of a sudden you start getting into guys' faces, it might rub people the wrong way because they're like, man, who are you trying to be? Because we ain't never used to seeing you like this. But what I think he needs to do is he needs to put a point of emphasis on there. Now, that's something that every coach needs to do, and I think that it can be completely understandable no matter what type of coaching style you have, no matter if you got that taskmaster type approach or even if you're a player's coach. You know, if you're talking about addressing obvious things that are detrimental to uh, team success, I mean, if, if a player has any type of respect for themselves or the team as a whole, they're going to try to fix those things. And I don't think you need to, like, change your personality. I just think they need to put more emphasis on that. And uh, also, uh, if if the guys are not doing it, then go find somebody else. I mean, this is what the NFL is all about. How many times do teams go into the offseason – or they go to training camp OTAs and they're talking about open competition. So if uh, if the job is not being done, then players need to understand no matter where they are on a totem pole, things need to change. And if competition is something that we need in order to help this cause, then I say they need to just fall in line. Uh, OBJ will never come and play with Winston. Saints need a legit quarterback number one. Look, first of all, the truth, I can care less of OBJ uh, comes to the New Orleans Saints. That's the least of our problems. You know, I, man, look, man, my feelings about Odell Beckham Jr. are simple. Like, just go sign with somebody, man. Who, who Nobody needs no no tanker tank tuck parade with, with confetti and fireworks. Like, just sign with a team, man. This isn't like you coming out of Newman High School and you're trying to get recruited by LSU or Alabama and everybody, like, trying to tell you how great you are. You know, that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, you know, I'm always a fan of individuals that know that they're good, but they carry themselves like a, a professional. Like he wants people to grovel at his feet and want people to feel like, oh, we just need you so bad, OBJ. So he can walk into that feel like the superstar that he, that he thinks that he is, which he is a superstar. I give him that. But, man, I, I'm not really big on an ego stroking, especially when your team doesn't really necessarily uh, need your services you know what i'm saying like the saints don't need his services I, I feel like to be honest with you i feel like the three wide receivers that the saints have are better than him anyway i feel like chris Olave is better than he is i feel like jarvis landry is better than he is and i feel like michael thomas is better than he is and not to say that odell beckham jr is not a, a good receiver but i just feel like the the big plays are few and far in between i feel like he really kind of thin skin you know I, I feel like you can easily get into his head all that whining and complaining from you know that he that he had back in the day when he was having those battles with Josh Norman. I don't think you just kind of those things just kind of change overnight. Uh, I just think that the Saints wide receiver group. I think the guys that they have are better than he is. I, I'm serious. Like I would not trade any one of those guys that are one, two, and three at wide receiver respectively. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, with all due respect, I would not trade any one of those guys for Odell Beckham Jr. Seriously. I mean, I'm, I, I like him, but I'm not the, I'm not the biggest fan of him, because I just feel like he, he more hyped than anything. I, I think that that Sunday night football game when he caught that one hand snag just kind of catapulted his career, and it's now it's like everybody just basically allows him to live off that. Like he had a, a couple games, but 
when when was the last time you really just seen Odell Beckham like just take over a game? Like e- even like in, in some cases, like as much as we we talk about Antonio Brown, but when he going to Tampa, I can pick out a few games where he actually like took over a game. I remember he had like maybe like 13 catches or something like that. Uh, you know, like I, I've seen moments we was taking over a game. I have yet to see like Odell Beckham in a game where, you know, saying he was playing for the Browns or, or even playing for the Rams where he just took over the game. I seen him make a catch or two, but I wouldn't trade any of these uh Saints uh wide receivers for Odell Beckham Jr. I feel like every last one of those guys on the Saints team are better than he is. Uh when Peyton uh says things getting uh gonna get cleaned up, it got cleaned up. No one fears the coaches, especially Carmichael. Now nah, I wouldn't I don't think they fear him either. I, I agree with you on that one, Nixon. Uh, exactly. We can't sit here and say plays aren't being made. Olave went for 140 in that Carolina game, but family undisciplined football will destroy the greatest of teams. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter uh, how much talent you possess. If you're continuously shooting yourself in the foot and you continue to uh, put yourself behind the eight ball, then guess what? You know, it doesn't matter how good you are. You're going to lose games. And um, plays are being made. I just think that our frustrations allow us to be, you know, saying, oh, like the our frustrations allow the good plays to be overshadowed, if that makes sense. Like there are some good plays in between, but we're so ticked off that the Saints are down by 10 or we're so upset that a fumble got returned for a touchdown or, you know, an interception put, uh, you know, them uh, close the other team close into the red zone. We're so upset at those particular moments that we just basically just kind of suspend our, our, our mind uh, only to the bad and not really just focus on the good, which is understandable because, you know, when you feel like the bottom is dropping out, man, you're not looking at, oh, man, you know, well, you know, a, a piece of this, you know what I'm saying, bottom didn't fall out. It still got the little bit of the corner lift. Like, we don't look at the op- optimism uh, of it all. We we look at the negative things. But, but they have some good plays uh, within the game. Uh, but we don't pay that much attention because how undisciplined the team is. Uh, TJ, do you think penalties is a sign of a team that lacks discipline? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think you look no further than that. When you have all those penalties, now some of those penalties we all know. Um, you know, we all know what, when it comes to these referees, but a lot of the things like my biggest issue is if you know the the, the referees aren't going to give you an inch, why give them justification? Why allow them to be a part of the game? But, you know, that's what happens. I agree. Saints are not a balanced team when it comes to passing and running the ball. No identity on offense. Plays are very predictable. Well, I just think they plan not to lose instead of plan to win. They soft to me. I don't feel bad about saying that. I don't care who don't like it. This is a soft football team. You know, like, and I, I don't think that the, the players are soft. I think they're coach self. And by what what I mean by that is, I just feel like these guys are just trying to do the right thing, right? You know, they're trying to be an upstanding citizen. They ain't trying to bother nobody, right? They just, you know, it's like when people are like, man, I ain't trying to bother nobody. I just, I just go inside and I close my door and I turn my air conditioner on. You know, that's kind of like who it is. They ain't trying to bother nobody. They ain't trying to, you know, rattle the fence. They ain't trying to do none of these things. Right. That's what that's what it is. Like, I don't see any aggression. Like, I don't see plays that, you know, you get fired up about, you know, I, I like going for it on fourth and one or fourth and inches. Like, trust a guy like Taysom Hill, like Taysom Hill. Most of the time leans forward, you know, and get a first down. How about a quarterback sneak instead of like fourth and one? Oh, punt team. 
Like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing here? Like, go for it. You know, like, like show some type of fire. I just feel like they just try to do everything by the book. And sometimes you got to be a little bit of, uh, aggressive and you got to allow your team to believe that you believe in them. But I just think that when you not going for it and you're being conservative and you're running for it on first down 60% of the time and you're running and throwing on second down about 70%, like it's just, you're just basically playing not to lose, but you end up losing anyway because you're so conservative. Like nobody fears you. Like nobody fears the offense. And maybe they would fear the offense if they actually like show some lack, you know, level of aggression. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this, but when when Mississippi State played LSU, you noticed that Coach Mike Leach was going for it on fourth down. He went for it like three, four times in a row. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably thought, you know, it wasn't the smartest idea because of the Tigers stopped him more times than not. But guess what? That gives his team enough knowledge to know that our coach trusts us. So we need to go out there and make him look good for calling this. But all this conservative play calling, like that, that is something like, you know, that that bothers me. Being afraid. Uh, being afraid of um doing stuff like that, you know that that just I I don't know I I, I have not a clue, I have not an ask. Yeah, I apologize for that. Yeah, you, you can't you can't co scared, you can't co scared. That that's just that's just all there is to it. Dang, bro, that's uh where I'm at. As well, TJ. I really like OBJ, but he's a little past done, especially with the injuries. I love wide receiver corp. We had it just needs time. OBJ miss hometown hero is Jarvis. Well, look, I don't think you I don't think that his services not are are not required anywhere. I do feel like he has something left in the tank. I mean, I don't think that this ACL injury is affecting like the way that he actually plays, but I will say that Saints just don't need him. I mean, I'm not trading anybody. I'm not getting rid of anybody to give OBJ some playing time. And that includes like guys like Callaway. You know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. And you know, like if you start getting down to the fifth and the sixth wide receiver, like, you know, that's when you only might get one target. So unless like somebody going to be out for the rest of the season of some level of significance, or maybe even two guys, uh, that's when you probably go there. But I, I don't understand, like, you know, you talking about he got a uh, he got a whole uh, tour going. He gonna start with the Giants, then he gonna go to the Bucks. And I'm like, man, like if I'm if I'm the GM, you can skip over me. Like it's rather you want to come or you, or you don't, right? I ain't trying to you know make no big deal out of it. Does it matter that the Rebs have been horrible each and every game? Uh, no, no, it, it shouldn't. Because here's the thing, I don't want to I don't want to get to a point where we just constantly blaming the refs over and over and over again. Yes, these refs are terrible, but sometimes we just have to look at the fact that at one particular time and more times than not, when you looked at the New Orleans Saints and you and you looked at those players, like the Saints were beating teams by two and three touchdowns. So, you know, the referees wasn't even a part of the game. But when you start to like make all these different mistakes and allow your opponent, allow your opponent to get into the game or give them some ounce of hope. Like that's when it's a that's when it's a problem for me. You know, that's that's when it becomes a problem for me. A landlord and the landlord says the king of Nintendo is here. Mario <laughs> What's happening. Uh we need to uh this win Sunday in a major way. 
I think if they if they don't win Sunday, man, it's, it's gonna be boy, it's gonna be rough. Uh, TJ, great fit for OBJ. What's the great fit for OBJ? You talking about the Buccaneers or the Saints? I think it's a terrible fit for the for the Saints. Maybe the Buc- Buccaneers. I mean, even with the Bucks, I don't feel like he wouldn't fit. I mean, I think they got. I think Michael, uh, Mike, Mike Evans is well enough. Chris Godwin is gonna, you know. He's not where he needs to be because of the injuries, but he's still, you know, a quality guy. And then you got like Cameron Brayton and stuff like that. And Julio Jones, he can catch a couple of passes every now and then. So, I mean, I don't know. TJ, you mentioned Hardy being your biggest disappointment. And in, in my opinion is Pete. All these, uh, these years with this team and system, he's acting like it's his first time play calling. I expect it from DA, not uh, Pete Carmichael. Well, I I don't know because I didn't expect the Saints to take a step back defensively because of Dennis Allen. I, I expect for them to be this way because that's his calling card. That's what got him the attention uh, to be able to become a head coach. You know, so I expected the defense to look good. And in most cases, like if you have a defensive minded coach, their defense is going to be pretty stout. Uh, but when I'm, I'm talking about as far as play, you know, as a player. You know, I mean, yeah, the play calling leaves a lot to be desired, but I'm talking about as far as a player. He's he's the biggest disappointment in my opinion. Honestly, we need to bring back CJ Spiller. Real talk, man, for what? <laughs> bring back CJ Spiller. Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. Man, that man did absolutely nothing except score one touchdown against the Cowboys in overtime. That's the only thing he did. Besides that, he just took up space. That's it, and tried to and tried to run to the sidelines, and he can never turn the corner. OBJ is better than Julio Jones to me. He is at th- at this particular stages, at this particular stage of their careers. Yes, he is better than Chosen Kings. And you see my intro. Let's see. We need to sign him, but a healthy OBJ is better than Callaway, Hardy, and Smith. But he won't help the offense get out of his own way, being careless uh, with the ball and penalty. Well, look, uh, we don't need him to sign. Yeah, he is, you know, as a wide receiver, he is better than Callaway, Hardy, and, and, and Traquan Smith. But if you look at those guys, when Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave are all healthy, these guys aren't getting any targets. Like, like Callaway only had, like, one target before the game last week, and that was that touchdown. He caught that one-hand snag when Jameis just kind of threw the ball up there. You know, like, so – the, the plays were few and far in between. So if he falls into that fourth, fifth category, he's not going to play. Or he's going to be upset because he only got one target and one look. And the Saints are already having difficulties when it comes to the offensive innovation and play calling to try to get the guys that can make plays the ball. So I don't think that this is a good fit. Yeah, thanks, Josh. I was in the middle of typing. Uh, let's see. Thanks. Give me my theme music one more time. <laughs> Let's see. What does the OBJ situation say about uh, the Mike T injury? Uh, I don't think, think it says anything at all. And to be honest with you, you know, I, look, the way that Chris Olave is playing makes me forget about Michael Thomas even being injured. Like the way that this guy's been playing, even like Callaway, he's been playing really well. Uh, Jarvis Landry, you've been dealing with an injury. But, I mean, these other guys have been stepping up. Jawan Johnson. So it's not like that bad, I guess, because now, you know, at first when Michael Thomas was out, you ain't really have nothing. Right. But now you have a guy 
uh, who's out there that's making plays, that's that's really making some noise in Chris Olave. So I don't feel the same way about the wide receiver room that I did last year. You know, I'm, I'm upset that Michael Thomas is hurt again, but at least you know you're going to get some type of production at the wide receiver position with Chris Olave. And as, as time goes on, you know, I think that Jarvis Landry, you know, going to start feeling a little bit better and he'll start making plays. Uh, can't be that disappointment in Pete uh, since he really didn't want this um, job position. Yeah, he, he didn't want it, you know, and it just makes you wonder, like, should the New Orleans Saints should have been like, well, you know what, man, we just going to try to go and get somebody else instead of, you know, trying to convince him to to stay on as the offensive coordinator. Maybe that's the reason why, you know, maybe that's the reason why they don't really have that much passion behind it. Uh, Sean Payton did better uh, our second strings last year. Well, it's because that's um, a really good head coach. And this is a guy in Dennis Allen still trying to figure out how or if he's a, a head coach at all. Uh, TJ, we've seen the worst. I feel like it can get better and learn one game at a time. Well, look, it has to start somewhere. Emac, I agree with you. And you basically just have to start chopping wood and taking it, you know, taking it slow and hopefully the tree falls, you know what I'm saying, without any type of interruptions. Look, I, I get all that, right? But – we don't really have time. We're in a regular season. So every game that you lose is, is detrimental to your playoff success. So they can't be around here, and we can't continue to have moral victories, right? Well, at least the offense looked pretty good, but they lost, right? You know, Will Lutz, he kicked one sixty-yard field goal, but he couldn't make the other one. They lost, right? So all those moral victories, that sound good, but honestly it just sounds good because it makes us, you know, think about jumping off the cliff. But in reality, it's not equating to wins. Like, nobody cares about how you win, right? If, if you know, you win by one point, who cares? The fact is, you won. And, um, you know, right now, I mean, too many moral victories for me, for my liking. Uh, my, Mighty Mouse, thank you very much for $5, says, if we get it together, what do you think our record could be? Uh, about 10 and 7. No more, no less than that, you know? 10 to 7. <laughs> you might be able to win 10 games if you can probably, you know, go on a little bit of a winning streak. Uh, you helped me pose a question, TJ. What is going on with Mike? His current injury gives us nothing to depth. We know his previous ankle injury was serious. Uh, they had, There has to be a mutual in- interest for OBJ visit. Um, I mean, he's just dealing with another injury. I mean, but look. It's just, hard, it's just hard for me to be sold uh, if we have a problem. If you have a problem with Michael Thomas and being injured, um, I understand that, you know, you want him to be out there, you want him to play. But my biggest issue is, like, why would you be looking at Odell Beckham Jr. if you have a problem with Michael Thomas? Like, they both have been dealing with injuries over the last two years. So that's like swapping out one person that has had some injury issues as of late. With another guy. So it's like, okay, you know, I don't want this hurt guy over here, but I take this hurt guy over there because he seemed like he more healthier right now. Like, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Now, if you want to, uh, you know, talk to me about a guy that's able-bodied and has been playing really well or, you know, hasn't had a history of being hurt, then maybe we have a conversation. But it's, it, it, honestly, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, they looking at mirror mirror themselves, you know, when it comes to the injury. So I don't understand, like, if a person talking about, man, I'm tired of Michael Thomas, man. Let's go sign OBJ, huh? You know? <laughs> it's like, 
that's like uh you know saying okay man i ain't gonna roll with this uh I ain't gonna roll with this uh, person over here. He got a broke right arm. I'm gonna go with this person over here with the broke left arm. I'm like, like they, both of their arms still broke. Like it, it doesn't make that, it doesn't make that much sense. Mocha, thank you very much for five dollars. I swear, Da sounds like that narrator from Dragon Ball Z at the end of each episode. Uh, uh, if this team wants to do anything, TJ, they need to be more disciplined. I know uh, they say the penalties are the main reason uh which is a big part but the fumbles are even bigger like all that stuff man the penalties the fumbles all that stuff get you beat hands down you know like whatever way you want to slice it cut it divide it or give it out these have been issues uh thank you very much for five dollars says a healthy Kamara and mike t should net at least two passing touchdowns per game with andy dalton right yeah i agree i mean being able to get the ball to uh alvin kamara in space uh being able to rely on michael thomas with his uh catch radius i mean that 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 is good but also like i said i've seen some good things in the passing game with the guys that they have that didn't include michael thomas which if michael thomas don't practice today he's not gonna play sunday it's just that simple tj uh don't you think the saints should give Dwayne washington more carries he has a similar running style like latavius murray yeah i think they should uh young blood but when when you do stuff like that, it's like you only have a few guys that you carry on game day to, for special teams. So if something was to happen to Dwayne Washington, like him getting injured or something like that, that's somebody that you lose on special teams. And you might have to rely on one of your, your guys in your starting rotation to play on special teams. And I know that's something that a team uh, wouldn't want. Uh, Dwayne Washington is really good. He's talented. Um, you know, he, he runs the ball really well, but – you know, the Saints rely on him to play on special teams, and he's a, he's a key member of special teams, and you don't want to lose him. So like I said, you end up having to play somebody that starts in the starting rotation and uh, playing on special teams. You can give them, you know, you can jeopardize their health, and you're probably going to need them down down the stretch. Uh, Mocha says, TJ, what's going on, Mocha? Thank you, man. Appreciate uh, the donation also once again. Keeping it real, who that uh, sports podcast says, we are years removed from accepting moral victories. And we are not accepting that state of mind. Well, I, I I don't think anybody. Well, some people are, but I'm not. I, I can't accept this. You know, like some people, are like man, we got to be patient. This, that, and the third. This is a new coaching staff. No, it's not. Like like I said, if this was Ron Dayball or even Doug Peterson, like I would understand. Like if they came out the gate kind of struggling because it's a new coach uh, regime. But at the end of the day, like Dennis Allen just moved from one cubicle to another cubicle. You know, they're in the same building. He's, you know, he, he has different responsibilities, but he knows everybody there. There's no, there's no awkwardness about this, right? You should be able to go to those guys and be able to tell you, tell them exactly how you feel because y'all created that level of environment throughout the years that all of you were under Sean Payton. So I don't have that type of patience like some people have because this isn't like a situation that, you know, the Saints were just a terrible franchise that was picking in the top five and they needed a new head coach. Like this team was one game and a 49ers lost away from the playoffs. Regardless of how it looked, the Saints still had a shot at the playoffs and they still were there to the very end. Like right now, they're playing as if, you know, they're, they're going to be eliminated from playoff contention by week nine. So I, I can't accept, I can't accept ineptitude and I can't wait, you know, and, and I, I don't feel, I don't feel like any Saints fan should accept that. 
Dwayne Washington ran through De- uh, Devin White back to back. As he Hardy called out um, all of the fans uh, with a tweet a couple of days ago, maybe he actually uh, produced now. Well, look, I don't care if he does call out. You know, I don't care if he calls out the fans. I don't care. Like you playing like slow. I mean, look, you can't you can be mad at anybody. Like if you're gonna be mad at anybody, be mad at yourself. Be mad at yourself because you're putting forth that 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 pee poor performance. You know, get don't get mad and talking about keep that same energy because at the end of the day, like, bro, like if you're more focused on what somebody's saying about you on Twitter, like even hey, even me, if you care about what some podcast in South Carolina thinks about you or says, like then you're missing a mark, man. You know, like stop stop trying to go to social media for validation and go out there and make some plays. Like seriously, man. Like we don't like we just basically just go by what we see. Like some of us, you know, we'll probably like overreact and say some things. But my biggest issue is I like Deontay Hardy and I think he's talented. I think he's a good human being, but I just think that he he's not playing up to snuff. And if if you feel some type of way about it, then maybe you need to do something different. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't get any pledge out of saying that he's playing like a mere shell of himself. Uh, I think Odell Beckham will help us even if he's coming as a decoy. He draws attention, opens up other opportunities. Man, we don't need uh, Odell Beckham Jr. We don't. OK, uh, we don't need him. If, if you basically get Odell Beckham Jr. at this point, it's just for namesake and the fact that he's from New Orleans. Like. Like that that's what this is. Like if you're like really clamoring as as an organization or a, a fan or you know anything, I just feel like it's more about who he is versus what he can actually do for your team. Because every last one of those guys, one, two, and three, respectfully, Thomas, uh, Landry, and Alave, all those guys can produce for you in a major way. So I just think that it's more about oh, it's Odell Beckham Jr. versus what Odell Beckham Jr. can do. If this was last year, then I can be like, okay, fine. They need him. But as of today, they don't need him like that. And the game of the week are Overwatch 2, which drops on the fort, and they're having some problems with servers because they're getting overload. And the other one, hell, let loose and secure uh, Shadows Die. All right, Ramsey. Well, for those that don't know, uh, Ramsey normally uh, gives us the game of the week when he shows up. Um you know, he's a he's an avid video game player. And, you know, since uh, I probably say about a year and a half, uh, he's been uh, giving us uh, the video games that he, he chooses each week. That's uh, a must play. So for all my gamers out there like playing video games, uh, those are some games to be on the lookout for. Uh, we got three hundred and three people watching this right now. I ask that you hit the like button. Uh, thank you. all man. Three hundred three people watching this right now at two o'clock central, three o'clock uh eastern time man and i appreciate that and shouts out to everybody that's listening uh overseas in the uk and all across the you know all in, you know in canada and all around the world thank y'all uh, another coach looks uh bad uh when plays don't work the offense looked the same last year when sean calling plays slim i ain't gonna lie to you he like that that is a very good point that is a very good point because as y'all remember i dubbed trevor simeon the garbage man because for the same thing Last year, they went, They were waiting until the fourth quarter to make plays. That is a very, very good point. When them, when they went on that what that four game skid, right? They they just was like the defense was playing their little hearts out, and the offense couldn't produce. They had to wait till the fourth quarter. So yes, absolutely right. 
Like that that is a good point. And that's something I don't feel like people aren't paying attention to. The Saints had offensive woes last year. But I think Slim, the biggest issue is a lot of people feel like the reason why they had those offensive woes is because they didn't have anybody. Like your number one receiver was Callaway, right? And then you had Hardy, who, you know, he was in and out of the lineup. Then you had Kevin White out there. None of these guys could get separation. So I guess the difference is you got a bunch of guys that can get separation that have gotten separation and yet they still not getting them the football. So I, I think that's the, the, I guess that's what people are looking at uh, last year versus this year, but that is a very good point, And he's absolutely right about that. Uh, Kamara should have just said uh, we're <laughs> one and three and got to play better and left it at that. Well, that's not who Alvin Kamara is. Alvin Kamara is a, a guy who is a uh, very frank. Uh, he's a guy that's very direct. He's a guy that's going to tell you like it is. Uh, you know, he he doesn't shy away from that. And that's something that we love about Alvin Kamara. So, you know, we like the fact that he's so candid and open every time he, he has interviews. So I, I don't think that we can, you know, just kind of fault him for being who he is because that's what we love about him. So, we can't expect for him to turn it on and off, right? So, I mean, in a lot of ways, he's saying a lot of things that, you know, we say among each other. Like, the Saints are beating themselves, and, you know, I don't think no other team is beating us this year. Seriously, we're beating ourselves. I agree with that. Those are conversations we've been having uh, all, you know, on across all platforms. After four weeks, a lot of you want to clean house, fire DA, which tells uh, teams you are throwing in the towel. Well, look, after four weeks, I don't think the guy should be fired. But I do feel like after four weeks, if you have some some reservations about Dennis Allen, you know, as being in over his head, I feel like it's justified because this is a guy, you know, who came in, did not have a successful coaching record. And we can find reasons why that it wasn't. But that's just what it is, because you have. Once again, I've I mentioned this before. You have people out here that are now that have never and will never give Jameis Winston an opportunity or a chance because he came to New Orleans when he was before he was a starting quarterback who do thirty interceptions in his last full starting job with his last team. So that's just what it is. Like people aren't going to give him the same opportunities, a leeway, a wick, a wiggle room like they would give some of these other coaches because we already know what he was as a head coach his last stop. So people aren't going to give him a chance. But as far as just saying, man, get this bum up out of here right now after four games, now nah, I don't agree with that. But if you feel like maybe he in over his head, I feel like that's that's something that can be said and have a have a conversation about. But it shouldn't be like to a point where you just, you know, outside with the with the you know with the the sign that says, you know, fire him or something like that. Not at this particular time at least. Uh, let's see. Jerry says, I'm still confused on our team. If Ingram doesn't fumble versus Tampa, we win the game. Had Kamara not fumble versus Carolina, we win that game. Not going to mention the special teams. Well, like you said, Jerry, a lot of self-inflicted wounds here. A lot of self-inflicted wounds that they had uh, that was prohibiting them from being successful. So if they can uh, actually, you know, try and clean those things clean up. up. Yeah, they'll be okay. <laughs> Fact, uh, everything is in place. No excuses. Yeah, absolutely no excuses. The Saints need to incorporate uh, Hardy 
much more than they are. The wide receivers have the worst separation rate per target throw in the league. Well, those guys are getting open. If you go uh, catch the all 22, which I encourage people to go see, these guys are open. Um, well, at least they NFL open, I should say, and they're not getting the football. No, absolutely not to firing DA right now. No, you shouldn't fire him right now. I can't believe Murray left not good. Well, look, if you have an opportunity to be in a starting rotation of a team versus being a fourth string running back, maybe you dress, maybe you won't. I mean, what you going to go with, all right? You're going to go with, uh, you know, talking to your wife. Uh, you think you're going to play today versus you're going to watch me on TV today? Look, guess what's one I'm going with? Baby, I want you to watch me on TV. <laughs> watch me do my thing, all right? I don't want you to see me over there with the nail you on. Uh, for those that may not know what that means, that means the paraphernalia. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want you over there with the same shirt on. I want you to be uh, in full uniform. And this guy had opportunity to do that. So um, I'm not mad at him for that. And you shouldn't be mad at him for that. I mean, he decided to leave. I mean, I'm not in the business of forcing a guy to be somewhere he don't want to be. Uh, I think we just got to realize Sean Payton and Drew Brees not walking through that door. And this may be the new normal. That's what some people have to come to grips with. You know, when when Sean was here, when Drew was here, well, they're not here anymore. You know, and there, there's a certain standard that those guys left behind. But those guys were special in their own right. And it's going to be hard to try to replicate that level of success that they had as coach and quarterback. So we are so spoiled as Saints fans. We think that the play of Drew Brees grows on trees and the coaching of Sean Payton grows on trees. But. Uh, I guess we felt like we can rise above the situation because those guys left the organization in much better shape than what they found it. Uh, and we just expect for everybody to play like Drew and coach like Sean. But as you can see, that's not the case. And now we're a team that's just trying to figure it out. And we have to like suspend our imagination and get away from the fact that we were a high-powered offense. And, you know, we always seem to know what to do in doing situational football more times than not. And you have to look at, hey, man, we got new coaches, we got new players, and they got to figure it out. And it's, you know, not those two legends that they had on the sidelines for all those years. Uh, ATJ, uh, do you know what's up with Dave Yamada? He's a great player, but where has he been also with Peyton Turner? Well, Peyton Turner right now seems like he hasn't really figured it out uh, as, a, as an interior guy or a guy that's on the outside. Uh, he was a healthy scratch a couple weeks ago which he was a first-round pick, and he was a healthy scratch. I mean, let that sink in. As far as Dave Ayamada, um, he's not playing at the level like in, in years past, but he's still like doing a pretty decent job. We don't need him to do a decent job. We need him to do a really good job. But based on like the way he's playing, the way he's ranked, he's not the worst interior lineman. And I also just think that it's it's been the, the guys that the Saints – uh, have been playing against okay Delvin Cook they pretty much neutralized him um Leonard Fournette they basically neutralized him so we know that Leonard Fournette likes to you know run the ball up the gut and he wasn't finding success with that so you got to give him some credit when when it comes to that maybe you know you're not really seeing him like kind of stand out but for the most part he's doing his job because he, he's rated pretty high rated pretty high when it comes to the analytics uh soft uh play calling and we have to make the playoffs and no penalties. Play like uh, you're the best man on the field. Uh, be explosive. Yeah, man, this this offense definitely has to help out this defense. You know, this defense can't really make any mistakes. Like, if, if you notice, like, if any time the, the defense makes a mistake, 
then all of a sudden they just lose. They they basically have to play flawless in order for the team to win. And I just think that the defense has to be able to count on the offense to be able to make some plays. And you do that by executing and buying into what the play calling is and not just, you know, looking at a list and saying, okay, we called this play 20-some times, we called this play 10 times, let's run the play that, that we ran 10. Like, you have to have a pulse on the game. And maybe that's something that maybe P. Carmichael is dealing with, being able to understand the ebbs and flows of the game. And maybe that's an issue. And also, it's not just him. It's the players actually executing. And when they do execute, um, the players are coming back, uh, you know, and they're putting themselves behind the eight ball once again. So uh, they got to be able to go out there and execute and allow this defense to play free. I feel like everybody is just a little bit too uptight, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to like the play calling, uh, you know, I feel like they're just trying to do all of the right things, which I have a problem with. You know, you can't play like that. You know, you got to be able to play your game. And right now, after listening to like everybody talk about self-inflicted wounds, shooting themselves in the foot, cleaning stuff up, I just feel like, you know, your, your, your shortcomings are in the back of your mind and it's not causing them to play free. You know, it's like, it's like uh, playing a sport when you got something on your mind or, or trying to do something when your mind is roaming and you're, you're frustrated about something. You know, that's kind of what it's like. It's hard for you to like to really be dialed in. And I just think that some of the issues that the Saints have been faced with is causing these players not to be fully, uh, you know, fully focused on the task, too busy trying to not make a mistake versus actually playing free. Uh, what part of South Carolina? I live in Myrtle. I live in Myrtle Beach, too, man. I live in Myrtle Beach. I live in the Carolina Forest area. I'm pretty sure you know what it is. Uh, let's see. Hit that like button. Uh, who that? Damn, uh, we drank uh, when we was good. We definitely drinking now because we playing soft, and that's not our style. So, Ryan, long story short, we're going to drink regardless. Right? <laughs> hand then and hand now, all right? That's what we're doing, right? So, <laughs> So it really don't matter. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, man. Look, we've had better days, but let's not, you know, let's not panic just yet. Everything should work out, and I, I believe in this team. They got the talent to be able to overcome it. And even if they don't, it's still who that over here. Also, most uh, won't admit it, but we're, we're really missing Armstead, I guess what you're saying, Jerry. He says he brought a nastiness to our old line and made them better than what they really were. Um being the leader that he was definitely being missed okay we knew he was one of the captains on not only just on the offensive line but the team so yes you are missing that and i do feel like there's too many too many nice guys on this offensive line like eric mccoy i like him a lot but he, he like <laughs> i like him a lot man but you know maybe yeah like i said maybe he has a switch but just hearing him talking and, and, and all you know it's just kind of like I mean, they're just a bunch of nice guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want your offensive linemen to be nice. You don't. Like, you want them to be nasty and physical. And I think that may change uh, when Trevor Penning come along. Like, I'm, look, I I believe in this dude. I think that once he comes back and he starts to learn about what he's doing, I think that that's probably uh, going to be it. I think that you need, like, a tone setter on, on the offensive line. If you're going to have a bunch of nice guys – Got to have that one guy. You got to have that one enforcer, right? Uh, so I think that's going to be Trevor Penning. If everything works out, if he ends up like tapping into that raw talent that he actually has, 
uh, that's when I think you'll see uh, the offensive line start to improve. Uh, Captain Cleanup. <laughs> I guess we reached that part when I played that sound bite. Uh, no, not the born to clean up. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's where that's, every time I hear that, that's that's the, that's the first thing I think about is that cleanup song. Uh, they still have the worst separation rate. Well, I mean, but they still catching passes though, you know. And 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 John, to be honest with you, like the NFL, it, it, separation is like very like it's like man, the separation in college versus the separation in NFL is like night and day. Like most of the time you're going to have a cornerback draped up and dripped out all on you. You know, like you're going to have that. And that was the, the issue last year. They couldn't be in, they couldn't catch the contested catches. Now you have receivers that can think uh, Michael Thomas was leading the league when it comes to like contested catches. I think he had like eight total before, you know, he, he, he went down. So, you know, regardless of how tight the coverage is, these guys are making plays. Oh snap. Uh, hit him with the bunny. <laughs> That's tough. Let's see, uh, man, that special teams has been atrocious. Uh, Jerry, giving a shout-out to the Slim South. TJ, a lot of the nation really wants to clean house of coaches, players, trainers. Uh, if they're doing that, then they that's just – I don't want to call them dumb, but that's just ridiculous. That's just a complete overreaction. If you're talking about cleaning the house after after four weeks of football, not being happy, fine. Uh, but talking about they need to fire him and cut losses right now, nah. Uh, the Saints won't get it together until after game eight, just as I predicted. Well, if well, if you, you ain't getting it to, if you getting it together around uh week eight, then it's too late. All right, you might as well just go ahead, pack up, and go home. Uh, and I'm going to stand by this again. Jameis Winston needs to sit out for a year, re- reconstruct his deal next season to see uh, if he's healthy. He might be injury prone right now. Don't risk it. Well, look. It, it might happen, you know, it might happen if Andy Dalton start playing well and the Saints start to get off a string of wins, it's going to be hard for the Saints to go back to Jameis Winston. And I think Jameis Winston knows that. LOL with the Borna video. When my kids were younger, I played that and we went to work cleaning the house. Yeah. Uh, as uh, Paxton would say, not clean up, but Nina, Nina, Nina. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's the clean. That, I think that's, I think that's everybody's like, you know, song with their kids, right? The cleanup song. Like it, it's something that that's that's been inherited over the course of time. Like that was the song when we were kids. Uh it, it's kind of like uh, like the nursery rhymes, right? Like Little Miss Muffet or Jack and Jill going up the hill. Like it, it's certain things like it just carries on. Uh I'm sick of uh, this talk of getting OBJ in field. Uh we already got the talent to win our problem. We uh we get fixed by and added uh, more talent. Sorry, not sorry. Um, yeah, I just think that people are just trying to put cologne on the musty body right now. You know, like this body is musty right now. It, it needs some soap and some water. You know what I'm saying? It's not fully clean until it's zest fully clean. You get me? Like you got to clean this thing, this body up, right? You ever, you know, went outside, worked all day. You know what I'm saying? You got the funk of the day on you. You're smelly, you're musty. You know, like, shoot, you got to go take a bath, man. Can't be like, man, I'm about to put this cologne on. You know what you're gonna smell like? Gonna smell like Valentino and Musk. All right. You're gonna smell like uh Kenneth Cole Black and Musk. Okay, you're gonna smell like red, cold red, and musk. All right, that's what you're gonna smell like. Tom Ford and Musk. That's what you're gonna smell like. You know, for all my ladies out there, Daisy perfume, you're gonna smell like Daisy and Musk. You know, like so you 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 can't fix that. Like 
oh, let's just add another. Like, this isn't Madden, right? Let's just add another wide receiver. Let's just give insult to injury. Like, you having issues getting the ball to the guys that you have. You know, so why in the world would you want to get out there and try to add somebody else that you can't throw the ball to? You know, you have three on you have three miserable people. Now you're gonna have four. <laughs> uh I'm gonna stroll down a little bit. Thank y'all for being here. I I um if I be ripping on makes fun of me, even one time I'm out, he better not start calling me Trevor Pooting. <laughs> well, look, he might. He might show up and call you that. Uh Cook Pancake, uh Peyton Turner. Yeah, man. <laughs> Cook Pancake. Guess a good one right there. Yeah, Peyton Turner is looking a little bit like a scrub right now this, in, in this part of his career. Uh, Sean and Drew were the best we ever had, but we act like they walked on water. Sean wasted three of Breeze's best years. Remember the historically bad defenses. I agree with that, but here's the thing, Sean. Um, I don't know. Like, let me let me ask you this. Uh, keeping it real, I'm, let me let me ask you this. How how old are you exactly? How old are you exactly? I, I want to know because the thing about it is they did walk on water. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just being real. They did walk on water in comparison to what this organization and what this franchise was before they got here. They walked on water. And and a lot of like, if you were a Saints fan and you've seen all these years of losing and never making a playoffs and being trash and being terrible. And then all of a sudden, like you get a coach and a, and a, you know, quarterback that won more times than they actually lost, then, yeah, you know, like, they did. Like, man, in the eyes of the Who That Nation, Sean Payton and Drew Brees are, like, holy deities. And they should be because, once again, like, this team was terrible. But, you know, like, when it comes to, like, being a voice of reason when you're talking about these these type of things, yeah, and most times, you know, like, yeah, you know, but, in re- like, you can be like, yeah, you know, like they weren't all that, but yes, they were. Yeah, in comparison to what this team actually was back then, yes, they were all that. Because this this franchise has been around since 1967. Since 1967, and they have been terrible more times than not. It wasn't until these two individuals got here that we even had we had any type of voice like for us to just be sitting up here talking about this team. Like before these guys got here, nobody was really just checking for New Orleans Saints like that. And we weren't really truly jumping out of the window like we are right now. Like the, the confidence and the ability to believe in this team, those two guys instilled that inside of you. So yeah, they, they were that. That's all I wanted. Like, like they were, they were all that, you know, and it, people like I can understand why people are like comparing everybody to them because look, this, I, I feel like this is not like the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? So back, you know, what I'm saying if you look at their coaches, right? I don't think I don't think they had more than how many coaches that they had, maybe like three or four in their entire like franchise history. Like they had Chuck Noll for all those years, and then after Chuck Noll, they had Bill Cowell, and then after Bill Cowell, they had Mike Tomlin. Like, and, you know, you had a, I think they had a coach before Mike knows, if I'm not mistaken, but they, Mike, you know, like, I mean, Chuck knows, excuse me, Chuck knows, but it's not like that, right? You had like all those great coaches, you had all those great players, you know, you had like me and Joe Green, you had, uh, you know, you had Terry Bradshaw, 
right? You had Franco Harris. Like, you have all these guys, like, you can compare these guys to, you know? And then if you start looking at more of the modern era, you know what I'm saying? You had, like, Rashad Mendenhall. You know what I'm saying? You had, you know I mean? You had all these guys. Willie Parker. Like, you had, I mean, come on, man. Like, the Saints don't have a rich tradition like that. You know, they, they don't have a rich tradition. So, we we really start like we basically playing catch up right now. So that's the reason I feel like why a lot of Saints fans look at these guys in that way, because to me, the Saints might start getting better players, but you're going to start seeing like the story being written about the team around the time when Sean Payton and Drew Brees got here. I mean, that's the reason that's about as clear as I can make it, you know, because of what these guys actually represented for this organization how many of y'all actually watch the games if y'all do why are y'all blaming james for the slow start when the issue is actually play calling yeah i mean you got to be able to do some of the things that these guys do well and if you're not then how would you expect for these guys to succeed you know uh let's see uh i've been paying attention to the eagles uh and my guy chauncey is not a full-time safety dennis allen was definitely getting the best out of him yeah i mean but and we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, Mariota married in in my bank uh, head grandma told you. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, TJ, the refs know exactly when to call a penalty to sabotage the game. What do you think? Absolutely. I, I've said this before. Tap, I said this. I said the same statement. I, I feel like, you know, I don't think that they're going into the game like, okay, man, we want the Saints to lose today. But I do feel like if they know, you know, they go into the game trying to cover that point spread or, or you know, I think they have something to do with it. Oh, the, the point spread, where they, they had them at two and a half. I think that's when they start throwing the flags. I, I think they, they try to protect uh, Vegas' bottom line. Now, you you got me if you feel, you're saying, okay, they about to go out here and make this team lose. You got me with that. But I do think that they make those those calls because they know more times than not because these teams are so professional, it might be hard for them to be able to make up for the play, the the call that they made. Uh, you talk in front office now, TJ. Yeah. Uh, the Saints have, haven't gotten uh, blown out so far. That shows they aren't far off. My Bucks aren't uh, going to be as dominant, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, like, it, it's a good thing that they're not getting blown out, and it's a good thing that they try to fight to the very end. But, I mean, come on, man. Like, I'm I'm just tired of these games. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing a Saints game where I ain't have to worry about the Saints if they're going to win or lose around the third or fourth quarter, right? I want to. I would like to be comfortable and being able to do halftime shows and talking about some of the things the Saints did in the first half or, heck, even be possibly do a halftime show where the Saints actually going into the half with the lead. I mean, it's been a while since i actually seen that. So, I mean, it would be nice to see that. Drew and Sean – uh, has some other great guys that don't uh, get even any credit. Yeah, I mean, look. Yeah, I mean, but the thing about it is we know when it all comes down to it, when they start talking about the NFL, they always talk about coach and quarterback. Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, right? Don Shula, Dan Marino. You know, that, that's what they do. Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. That's That's what they do. They can join – these coaches, uh, I mentioned Chuck Knowles, Chuck Knowles and Terry Bradshaw, uh, Roger Staubach and, and Tom Landry. Like they always can join the quarterback and coach together. Not to say that those players aren't as important. You're absolutely right. 
but that's just the way that the history uh, writes these these narratives, right? It's about the story of the quarterback, and, and it's the uh, you know I, I even go a little deeper if you like offense. Uh, Don Coriel and Dan Fouts, right, with those uh, San Diego Charger teams with Kellen Winslow, right? They had an offense called Air Coriel, so they always like can join the head coaches with the quarterbacks. That's just the way it is. I mean, of course we know about, you know, the Lance Moores and, and the Robert Meachams and the Marcus Colstons, right. And the David Thomases and, and, you know, and the great offensive line, you know, Jemai Bushride and Jonathan Goodwin and, and Jari Evans and, you know, Zach street. I mean, we, we, like we know all these, these different guys, right. That, that helped this team, John Stinchcomb. I mean, we know about the, the the supporting actors, but we know that the quarterback and coach get most of the shine uh, when when the history the historians talk about the game. Uh, TJ, they can uh, be nice off the field. <laughs> exactly. Let's let's get some tough guys on that offensive line. Sure, we haven't gotten blown out yet, but the team uh, we played so far haven't been that good either. That, that's pretty much. That is that's a good point. Uh, TJ, the Pelicans looking good this year. Yeah, I mean, they look good against the Chicago Bulls. Watched a little bit of the game. Uh, I think the facilitated uh, looked really good. Um, I think that Zion Williamson, he looked pretty explosive during the time he was there. And um, I like I like the, uh, you know, I like the shots from three. You know, I I, I think that uh, if they can keep on doing these things i think that you'll probably see them probably in you know one of the top five seeds in the west if everybody can stay healthy i think they can be a top five team in the west hey tj i just heard a mike tomlin and he makes me want to run through a brick wall for him and i don't even bow yeah mike tomlin is a really good coach um i'm just interested to see if the the Steelers gonna go in a, a different direction um in the next couple of years I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Mike Tomlin as the head coach of the Saints if things didn't pan out and some things, you know, some stars get aligned. I wouldn't mind seeing that. But, uh, yeah, he is a very good coach. He's a he's a guy that is well-respected around the league. Players respect him. Uh, GMs respect him. Organizations respect him. So, yeah, he, he's a really good coach. I mean, he's, he's never had a losing season in his entire time as the head coach of the Steelers, which is uh, is unbelievable. Bradshaw was a 50% passer, by the way. Yeah, but at the same time, you got to put it into context, Carter. This was during a time where you can actually, you know, take a guy head off of going across the middle. So throwing the ball 50% of the time and completing that, that wasn't that bad, to be honest with you, because, I mean, it basically was, uh, it, it was basically, you know, a, a survival of the fittest or something like that. You know, Hunger Games, if you will, when this guy was actually playing. Some of the rules that that allow guys like Geno Smith to throw for 77% and Drew Brees uh, throwing for some of those 70% completion percentages have a lot to do with how lax the rules are now when it comes to playing a quarterback position. I mean, back in those days, I mean, I know that he played on the same team, but a guy like Mel Blunt can go across the middle and just take your head clean off. And, you know, going on, like being a slot receiver, like that was a suicide mission. So him being throwing 50% of his passes, uh, we got to put this thing into context. You know, you, you got to put this thing into context, like saying, okay, he threw 50% of his passes, right? You know, but this is 1974, 1975, you know, it, it was a different NFL. It's like, it's like, um, 
I don't know, holding Sammy Bob like accountable, like for having 13 touchdowns, right? And be like, man, all he threw was 13 touchdowns. Well, they ran the ball more times when like when Sammy Bob was, you know, the quarterback. You know, it, they were running the football. <laughs> so of course he's gonna have like 13 touchdowns. So you got to put these things into context, right? If we're if we're doing this, um, if we're doing this with the um uh, I don't even know. I don't my production management needed me. But you know, if it, if he was actually doing this in 2022, then I'd be like, man, what the heck is going on? But um, I mean, that was in the 70s, you know. You had <laughs> anything went. Uh, I'm gonna read a few more now. I gotta get up out of here, folks. He says, uh, we need to get Hill and Hardy both more involved in the offense. We're converting long downs over the past few years by throwing tight end screens to our blocking tight ends but we haven't given Hill a chance to. Yeah, look, I, I think that you got to get uh, Taysom Hill and Hardy more involved in the game. I don't, I don't understand why. Every time Taysom Hill like gets the ball, positive things happen. So to me, I think that you maybe you need to give him some more plays, maybe get a little bit more creative. I was having the TJ pop in, in from work, but my early prediction, I had the Saints losing this game to the Seahawks uh, coming from London. But at the same time, I had them coming in this game at three and one, but I was wrong. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people probably was wrong at, at this particular point. I know I was. You know, I thought the Saints would be in a better position right now. Um, so, uh, but that's just the way it goes. You know, you never know how it's going to pan out. Uh, they can thank, uh, see, T.O. and Sean Taylor for that rule change. He used to kill receivers over the middle. <laughs> yeah. I think we all remember that they hit Sean Taylor, put on a punter on, uh, during the Pro Bowl, you know. <laughs> but rest in peace to Sean Taylor because he definitely would have been a Hall of Famer if he would have, you know, if he, he didn't have that uh, that that tragedy happen, you know. And finally, we got uh, Jameis Winston turned down the Colts' private jet at the last minute and denied Tomlin after the same chase that Browns quarterback. Yeah, I mean, but. I just think that the Saints told Jameis what they were going to do. I think he understands the business aspect of it. And I think that, he, you know, after that, he decided to come back because he felt like the Saints were in his best interest. He felt like he had a chance to be a starter, and he he was. So um, I think it was a smart decision. Lattimore versus Metcalf. TJ, are you ready for that drink? Uh, No, I think that Marshawn Lattimore is going to have a good outing. Um, I'm not going to allow one bad game that he had, you know, just completely erased my mind at the fact that he's been playing lights out more times than not this entire season. Um, I don't feel like this is an indictment on who he is as a cornerback. I think he's one of the best. Uh, but I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Shouts out to everybody here. I ask that you hit the like button on your way out. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. And we're also a part of the Pigskin podcast network and, and once again uh for those that may have tuned in a little late uh we will be having a sots podcasting seminar uh that will be available uh we got three classes that are available it's going to be uh for each class is going to be 10 participants uh if you want to learn more about podcasting if you want to learn more about helping your podcast grow if you want to learn more about uh some of the practices that i use in order to help the podcast uh you know game happen um, also, you know, just broadcasting experience that I have working here at the radio station. So I want to be able to give you uh, those tools if you're interested in that. Uh, you know, I'll make sure to send you the information on how you can get yourself signed up. 
Uh, I, I know I had uh, some feedback, you know, from individuals that uh, I'm signing up already. So still got a few more spots left, uh, you know, so uh, hit me up, email stateofthesaints at gmail.com, and I'll let you know how you can be a part of that for all the people that's thinking about starting a podcast and individuals that have a podcast already may want to, you know, try to try to tweak a few things. All right. So thank you all so much. Have a good morning, noon, night, whenever you're checking out this podcast. And like always, all I got to say is who that?